This is the Cine Snob Podcast. Welcome to episode 109 of the Cine Snob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. And I am Sir Cody Viavagna. Oh, pardon me if I sound sick. Um, I've got something going on with my nose and I can't figure it out, man. I don't, I don't know what's happening. So, Did you have a little too much nose candy? Uh, no, I didn't have any of the uh, Colombian marching powder. <laughs> uh, I I think it's cedar. That's 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 my drug of choice is cedar. So. That's a that's a less hip than I was hoping. It's significantly uh, less trendy and and not as much fun of a, as a at parties as maybe cocaine might be. I have no idea. I don't know anything about cocaine. Really? I don't, so. I don't buy that, uh, Jared. It's a weird way to. It's a weird way to. It's a weird way to start this podcast. Like I don't know anything about cocaine, but uh, I don't know that it makes you sniffly, does it? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know anything about it either, so I don't know. Probably. Oh, okay. I mean, I would assume right. so if you're, I mean, the act of snorting cocaine is putting something up your nose and things aren't supposed to go up your nose, so, you know, probably. Maybe it's just sort of an initial sniffles, and then it, then it's all okay. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, uh, we, uh, we both stayed up late last night, uh, not together, mind you, but, uh, uh, you with me the out Super Bowl, early, so. <laughs> it's like get out, take it on the heel and toe, Cody. Someone's got to work. Uh, mm-hmm. No, we uh, yesterday was Super Bowl Sunday, uh, which will lead into our, our movie this week, uh, which got dropped on us as a surprise. Uh, but uh, lots and lots of trailers debuted last night during the Super Bowl. Uh, anything that stands out to you besides the one we're going to talk about later? You know, not really. Um, the thing about it was it was pretty much equally divided between, like, these teasers for trailers and actual, like, extended footage, which would probably be, what, like, a minute long was probably the longest one. Yeah, like a like minute 45, I think, is what they clock in at now, weirdly. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, nothing really stood out to me. I, I don't know how Skyscraper's a real movie. Uh, I thought that was going to be, like, Dundee, <laughs> like, like the, the Danny McBride fake movie i was like i I, is this this, there's no way this is real so so skyscraper is a is a i guess a summer movie is it summer i don't know it's a big giant action movie starring dwayne johnson uh and uh nev campbell it plays his wife by the way i don't know if you caught that but that's a a blast from the 90s past right there uh he plays a i guess um i don't know what the hell is job is but he has a prosthetic leg i think in the trailer makes uh, a very big point of pointing out that he has a prosthetic leg so i'm hoping he beats i'm hoping he beats someone to death with his prosthetic leg yeah something's gonna happen i I don't know what uh but yeah it just it just looks like it's got him like jumping from the side of a bill it's just the craziest thing uh but, you know, after Jumanji, maybe he can do whatever the hell he wants, and it's going to be a... I mean, it, we're at the point where we have to talk about him as one of the biggest movie stars in Hollywood right now, so... By, by the way, yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, I like Dwayne Johnson. Um, this movie looks ridiculous. But uh, the the movie, uh, the trailer, I believe, mentions that, that his wife and family are stuck, like, 240 floors in the sky or something like that. And that is ridiculously tall because I'm looked it up just now. The Burj Khalifa, the tallest building in the world, is only 160 stories tall. 
So what is this building? Is this some super building? What's what's happening here? I don't know, man. Uh, so many questions from the skyscraper trailer, including Why? how is <laughs> yeah, and how is his uh, his leg being held, his prosthetic leg being held on? Because I think he's he's like f- hanging from a rope by his prosthetic leg at one point. Anyway, um, what was the other one uh, that uh, you and I were talking about? Uh, um, Oh, the Dundee just now, the Dundee trailer oh, right. that turned out to not be a, uh, not be a movie at all. That was, I, I don't know how closely you followed that saga, but it was kind of spoiled a couple weeks ago that it was an Australian tourism spot. But I, I watching the extended cut, have you seen the extended cut with, uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Russell Crowe and Margot Robbie and I haven't seen the full one. I saw like they keep they release it in snippets where they kept on releasing a little bit more. So I haven't seen the final full length one, but I saw one that had Hugh Jackman and a couple other people in it. I, I watching that one, it's it looks like a movie I might want to see, but I, I am kind of glad it turned out to not be real because, uh, I I don't know, I, I it just made me want to visit Australia. Is all it really amounted to. Were you? Did you ever see the Crocodile Dundee movies? Those have to be way before your time. You know what? I have vague memories of them, so I think I probably somewhere along the line saw one. It was a big deal in the late '80s. The whole "that's not a knife" thing. You know. You know. Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm familiar okay. with that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Anyway, um, also we got our first look at Solo, uh, the notoriously troubled Star Wars prequel. Uh, we got a 45-second teaser during the Super Bowl, and then uh, the full trailer was released today. Does it change anything you think about Solo going forward? No, but, I mean, again, it, it would be unfair to base something off of a, a very short trailer like that. Um, I, I, don't, I, I don't understand. I mean, there's no humor to it at all, so I assume that the tone was completely wiped out from whatever Lord and Miller had. I think, I think maybe that's the only thing I take away from it is that maybe it's just kind of confirmation that this is a wildly different movie than probably would have been. I mean, you read the initial reports and it was like, like it had Ace Ventura tone and like, this is anything but that. I wonder how much that, how much uh, stock to put in that stuff that it was Ace Ventura like and, and all that other craziness you heard about it there the big rumor was that alden ehrenreich just can't act and i think that that feels like it plays out a little bit in the the longer trailer did you watch the the longer trailer today i i don't think he comes across great in it yeah yeah um but that may be just a little bit of bias from what i've read before creeping in uh speaking of of trailers that were terrible before um jurassic world fallen kingdom had a new trailer last night during the Super Bowl Super Bowl. And I don't know about you, but I did not like the last trailer very much at all. Uh but I liked this one more. I didn't like either of them, man. I just I, it just looks crap it just looks crappy. I don't I don't know what to say other than like I don't think any of the characters are particularly good in it. I think that the there was I like so you know how the the Super Bowl 1 began with like a an, a dinosaur like softly touching a girl on the face i thought that was a super bowl ad like for some you know like a doritos commercial or something i was like well that doesn't look real Mm -hmm. guess it was and uh i don't know i just i just don't know what they can do with that 
I, I feel like they're just going to keep recycling plots. Like, what more can you do with the idea of a park of dinosaurs and then adventure ensues? You know, I, I just don't know. Uh, you can just keep throwing more dinosaurs at it, I think. I'm curious as to what the – there's, I guess, a new genetically engineered dinosaur now, and uh, <laughs> it looks like uh, Chris Pratt and uh, Blue, the raptor, like, have a super team up now, and – I don't know. I, I, I liked Jurassic World. I know you didn't, right? No, I did not at all. Um, so I, I'm I'm in for this one. I, I've seen worse Jurassic Park movies, like the second and third one. But uh, So was there anything else uh, before we get on to the one that we're going to talk about today? No, just kind of like a worthless Avengers Infinity War trailer. Oh, yeah. It's, all it does is just show you everybody that's in it. Yeah. And then, and then you get uh, five seconds of of coming in was it may your pants go no not anymore but (laughs) i was wearing shorts (laughs) excuse me uh so so the biggest surprise of the night i guess is something that we had kind of seen rumored online you and i uh was a trailer dropped for what is the third film in the cloverfield series uh initially called um god particle and uh, I think had been floating around as Cloverfield Station, but now called the Cloverfield Paradox, uh, dropped that it was premiering on Netflix, which is something that it, we uh, had been talking about offline, you and I, for, for a, a week or so. And the big deal was they showed the trailer and they said it is premiering tonight or, or soon. Well... Yeah, so we, I had actually scooped the story. Uh, actually, Deadline had scooped the story. So it had said that, so uh, over the past few days, well, back to Sundance, there was word at Sundance that, that Netflix was going to um, purchase the movie that had been called God Particle. Uh, another one of the movies that was a standalone that Bad Robot got a hold of and said, hey, let's turn this into a Cloverfield movie. And the rumor, I mean, like, the, the release date of God Particle has been pushed back two to three times now. And the rumor was that Paramount was just going to be like, we're not going to put this out in theaters, so we're going to sell it to Netflix. Which was, you know, step one of this movie is probably in a little bit of trouble. So, you know, fast forward to a couple weeks from Sundance. Nothing had been announced yet, and it's kind of curious. And they said, well, you know what, Netflix might be announcing that they're acquiring it with a trailer and just drop the trailer. And then, hours before the Super Bowl, Deadline got word that um, not only was Netflix going to show a trailer for uh, God Particle, which was now titled The Cloverfield Paradox, but they were going to release it live after the movie. Now, you and I talked about this. Um, where they showed the ad and then it said coming very soon. And we're like, well, wh-? and then like if you check the Netflix app, it said it'll be available after the game. And you're like, why the hell did they not do that? And then, of course, the game ends. And, you know, one of the first things you see is a commercial saying available right now on Netflix. So they did it properly. I think they uh, there might have been some some consideration with NBC programming in there is one of the things I've read that, you know, they maybe didn't want to uh, sell an ad. I don't know if you've ever notice this but when you sell an ad like for another tv network on a a tv network like you know for example if you see an hbo ad on nbc there they always kind of refer to like check local listings uh so that that that, i think that might have been it like they may not want to take the 
the steam out of whatever NBC showed afterward that this is us that everybody seems to love. I mean, that's just my guess. But anyway, um, so the trailer premiered um, and you and I watched this movie right after the game. So let's go ahead and move on to our review of the Cloverfield Paradox. Here are this week's reviews. Possible earthquake near the Statue of Liberty. Looks like you should have left town a little bit earlier. Whatever you're doing, stop. Orbiting a planet on the brink of war, scientists test a device to solve an energy crisis and end up face-to-face with a dark alternate reality. So that's the synopsis of the Cloverfield Paradox. As the resident Cloverfield uh, superfan here, Cody, what did you think of the movie? Well, in order to talk about this movie fairly, we should probably back up just a slight. Oh, Jesus Christ. (laughs) So, Jared, back in 2000, no. Uh, so, Cloverfield initially stood on its own as, you know, the movie that um, that was mysteriously put out. You know, the marketing has always been like this for Cloverfield, you know. So, back in 2007, when the first Transformers movie came out, uh, the trailer for Cloverfield, uh, Cloverfield uh, was uh, attached to the movie with no movie title on it. No, nothing, just produced by J.J. Abrams. Statue of Liberty's head goes, you know, running down the street, and then a release date. And it worked amazingly. So much so that they had to, that people got so, you know, feverent about looking up details that they found the code name that the movie was going under. Uh, and uh, supposedly what they had to do was they had to just flat out change the name of the movie to Cloverfield because that's all everyone knew it as. So... There's, they're no stranger to this. Same thing happened with Tin Cloverfield Lane, where they they re- announced it was coming out like a couple months before it was released in theaters. So anyway, the idea behind these movies is that after the success of the initial Cloverfield, and way later actually, J.J. Um, Abrams has decided to take in some uh, some sci-fi movies that uh, either don't have a home or are struggle, struggling to get made, low budget type stuff and sort of weave them into the Cloverfield universe. It was thought originally that it was going to be like an anthology type thing, but then we saw 10 Cloverfield Lane, and there were some like very vague connections to the movie. So um, what was interesting about that one was that it was made kind of in reshoots. When they shot the movie, it wasn't shot as a Cloverfield uh, sequel or anything like that. And in fact, in both of instances of these movies... The cast were sort of uh, blown away to find out that it was part of Cloverfield. So what they're essentially doing is they're taking sci-fi movies that already exist, they've already been written, they stand on their own, and they're sort of retrofitting them to fit the Cloverfield universe. So uh, that brings us to the Cloverfield Paradox, originally called God Particle. Been in the run, uh, been in uh, development for quite a while. Um, and I, I got to say that that. I, while I love Cloverfield, I'm not a huge fan of the idea of creating this universe. And I think it starts to show its cracks big time in the Cloverfield paradox. So 
the movie plays out as a complete sci-fi rip uh, rip off of anything that you've seen recently. It's it's I mean it's like the movie Life if you saw it. It's like uh it's like any alien movie basically, especially Yeah, it's it's basically the first alien movie well it was a lot like uh alien covenant too i i was reminded of that a little bit too oh i didn't even see that one okay yeah or covenant even a little like prometheus like it just it just feels like it's ripping off the alien franchise plus life plus you know a bunch of other sci-fi movies and it's sort of it's it's sort of generic i think that it lost out some really interesting ideas about like an energy crisis which is the main plot of the movie they're trying to have a uh you know what is it like a, a collider an atom collider it, it, yeah it's basically uh like the large hadron collider in space right and um and then you know through the process various things happen having to do with i, I don't want to spoil it too much because some people may find it ex- basically it's the whole thing and something went terribly wrong you know that's like they 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 fire up this thing uh and something goes terribly wrong uh which I think is a is I mean I don't know how much you do you want to spoil anything as to what the plot is or just sort of uh, the idea I guess is it's pretty it's pretty f- clearly telegraphed what's going to happen uh, from one yeah. sp- particular character uh, uh, played by Donald Logue uh, on a TV monitor. Yeah, yeah. He essentially I mean it's it's pure exposition and and that's the thing is is that when you have a movie that's not originally conceived as something, you can see the seams. You can tell exactly where they retrofitted this movie to fit into Cloverfield. And you made a great point, was basically anything that's happening that's not in space was probably added at the end uh, to make it fit into the Cloverfield universe. And as a result of this, they create not only a convoluted plot that exists within the context of the movie, but they swing for the fences and kind of try to explain events from both previous Cloverfield movies and how they tie into this one. And and as a result, they're explaining stuff that is probably best left unexplained and they're convoluting it to the 10th degree. And what you get is just an absolute wreck and mess of a movie that just doesn't make sense. And when it does make sense, you're having to take a bunch of logical leaps it's there there is admittedly a couple of good things in it i think chris o'dowd is actually pretty pretty great in it uh he's got the best lines of the movie he's he's pretty good comic relief um the the acting is fine but the writing is where it really starts to fail and just the idea that it takes you know it's got a big plot twist in it that i i don't think pays off because it has to do with a character that doesn't resonate whatsoever in fact a character that halfway through i forgot existed actually and so when they were brought back i'm like oh wait yeah that person's in this movie i guess um and yeah so uh, i'm not of the uh I-, I liked the first cloverfield movie fine the second one i liked until the end um because i feel like you can totally see the seam in in 10 cloverfield lane when they graft on the aliens at the end uh, but I was never under the impression that they s- took place in the same universe. And I don't think that was the same. That was never what was intended, right? I, I thought J.J. Abrams had some sort of really vague answer for that. Like well, it had the same DNA or the same zip code or something weird. So, yeah, something like that. I mean, it, it's it's the overused term of a spiritual sweet sequel. But 
I think that the thing about 10 Cloverfield Lane was that it was uh, tangentially re- related to Cloverfield in that, like, the uh, John Goodman's character played uh, uh, worked for the the Japanese oil company that apparently awoke the Cloverfield monster. Oh yeah, yeah, also, yeah. Um, and also was like a like a sub company of Slusho, which was on all of James Abrams, J.J. Abrams uh, stuff, and the and the company that Rob Ugh. from Cloverfield was going to work for. There were a couple relationships. For fuck's sake. Uh, look, uh, well, yeah, but then it then it doesn't. It's not in, like nobody's decisions are informed by the fact that they lived in a universe where there was already a giant monster. That that's. I mean, just when you think when you stop and think about it, it doesn't make sense. Like, you know, you you're meant to think that uh, you know to to see John Goodman's character in that movie as an unreliable narrator, but he's talking about something happening outside, and they're acting like he's crazy, even though allegedly in this universe there was already a giant monster that destroyed new york so that's why i never felt like it had the same like it existed in the same universe it it did really feel like an anthology thing but this movie kind of goes out of its way to uh to explain how these two may have happened like you mentioned almost working as an origin story for everything which is like feels really tacked on at the very end of the movie. Uh, that plus uh, the end of the movie plus Donald Logue's exposition dump in the first 15 minutes just scream as rewrites that, that they tacked onto this small sci-fi script that probably would have gotten a debut on Netflix anyway uh, had it not been deemed a Cloverfield movie. Because the cast is really stacked. I mean, it's, it's all... Uh, like nobody's a huge star, but it's all really good actors. Uh, Gugu Mbatha Raw, I think is how you say that, uh, is the lead, and uh, David Oyelowo, yeah. um, uh, Daniel Bruhl, um, who uh, Chris O'Dowd, you mentioned. Uh, so it's you know it's a, a lot of people you've seen before, um, but man, this thing is just it's a huge turd. I don't know how else to say it, but it's just so stupid. In that it's the way it's written, like the oh, it's the it's a lot of that uh, lost ish mystery box bullshit uh, that that you know stuff it only makes sense because the script wants it to at that moment. Like it doesn't make sense in the rest of the story. Nothing gets answered. Uh, it's only happening for the sake of whatever conflict is happening on the screen at that time. Like, uh, you see the trailer uh, featured an arm crawling around by itself. There's a hundred questions as to why that even happens, and then why what happens immediately after that scene happens, like why the arm can do something and references something. It just, it, nothing makes any fucking sense in this movie. And it it's it's even worse when they get to Earth, because it's another... Like you're you're assuming a monster attack, I guess, but you spend uh, excuse me, you spend most of that time uh, in a with a character driving around in a car, having vague fucking conversations with Greg Grunberg on the fucking phone. Is that who that is? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Simon Pegg's somewhere in there too, but it, it's definitely Greg Grunberg who he's talking to um, in the car. I, I think Simon Pegg's voice. Someone someone wrote online that Simon Pegg's voice is in it, but I don't remember where. 
but yeah, like he's having these vague conversations and then there's another bunker like there was in, in 10 Cloverfield lane. And there's some sort of vague happening going on on earth. Like you never know what it is. I think you're, you're meant to, well, you're meant to uh, remember what happened in the first Cloverfield movie in those scenes, but nothing is ever defined. It's just, it's just a bunch of bullshit stuffed together and sold as a movie, and it, it really just doesn't work at all. Yeah, I mean, look, here's the thing: is I, I, I we talked about this earlier. It's just gotten lazy, and I think that's the problem. Is that I, I like the idea of a of a of a anthology thing. I think that it works really well in certain senses. I think that after the success of Black Mirror, people want that a little bit. Um, you know, people always reference the Twilight Zone and. And people want that. And there's a, I think there's a way to make movies like this that are spiritually sci-fi or the same or a part of an anthology series. And you don't have to shoehorn references to Cloverfield. I don't understand it. And I get – I mean I understand it from a point of view as it's built-in marketing for smaller sci-fi movies that may struggle to find an audience. But the problem is when you retrofit – not only are the seams completely visible, but again, I think that it's ruining some of the mystery in the in the in the intrigue that made Cloverfield so captivating for me. So for me personally, why Cloverfield resonates so much is because I think it's totally visceral and it doesn't have the backstory. It, it's not like the the um, the Gareth Edwards Godzilla, where the first forty five minutes are people huddling around a table trying to figure out where it came from and what to do and and all this exposition and backstory no it just thrusts you in the middle of a crazy environment where it's somewhat believable that this is how things would go down if a monster just appeared you know it it, and by subsequently answering some of those questions in a way that feels completely tacked on uh and not all the way thought out at all it just feels like it's ruining some of the the mystique and some of the fun behind uh, the original Cloverfield movies, and I think that they're kind of weakening the original product. But but again, it just feels lazy. There's no thought put into these things. If this was something where they said, "Hey, let's do another Cloverfield movie. How can we come up with a cool way of incorporating, you know, the feeling of it or the themes or anything like that?" I think it would be great. But these are existing properties, existing movies where after they've either been totally written totally made or something like that they're just slapping cloverfield on the title doing a few reshoots or rewrites and suddenly oh look it fits and this is what we meant to do and um and it's it reeks of arrogance and laziness to me and it's a and it's a problem and i say that as someone who is a jj abrams apologist (laughs) i i I love jj i love the mystery box stuff but this is starting to really get on my nerves. Look, look the, I, I compared this earlier uh, talking to someone, and I probably said it to you. It's like Lost. Uh, it, it's Your enjoyment of these things, I think, is directly related to how much you put up with that bullshit for for and and how long you know uh i'm not gonna take the piss out of loss and say that it lost and say that it wasn't fun and and riveting at the time but the sum of its parts uh are, are 
are nothing compared to what it was in the moment. And that's a problem with storytelling is that it's easy to create these cliffhangers. It's easy to, to throw these mysteries out there, but when you can't pull them off, you just look like a fucking huckster. You know, you look like you're, you're fucking scamming people and you're doing this with this Cloverfield name. You're throwing it on there. You're throwing in these really sketchy tangential connections to everything that came before it. And you're making the audience fill in the the blanks and you're just going, well, whatever, it's a Cloverfield movie. It's, you know, it's not the same story and maybe that's not the answer, but it, it it's really half-assed and it doesn't make for an enjoyable experience, especially in this day and age where, you know, you can, you can either be an anthology series like Black Mirror, which a lot of people love, or you can be this tight continuity, everything ties into everything else, uh, uh, like a Marvel Cinematic Universe sort of thing. Be, this in-between space, which Cloverfield occupies, is just fucking frustrating. And, and it doesn't help that this movie's bad, but it, it, even in a movie that was mostly pretty good, like 10 Cloverfield Lane, the, the Cloverfield shit that they shoehorned in doesn't it feels like it's from a different fucking movie because it is yeah no i i agree it it feels like it's different because it is it's it it it, it, it was not intended to be that way and you can tell and it feels like it's i don't know that it's malicious and that it's trying to trick audiences but it kind of is because it's trying to get them to to you know make money off of something that it's clearly not and even the super bowl ad said you know, 10 years ago, you found out something that found us here. You find out why or something like that. And not really. I mean, if you, <laughs> yes. if you watch if you watch the Cloverfield Paradox, you're not going to get straight answers. You're going to be able to maybe connect some dots. But, you know, it, it's it's just not clear. It's it's, it's just false advertisement. Well, well the, the whole f- half the fucking trailer is footage from the first movie. Like you're seeing the Statue of Liberty's head get thrown into the street which was probably the most iconic image of the first trailer right the oh yeah the and so you're you're led to believe that this is some sort of origin story and i guess it's sort of half-assed is but it never really commits to anything and then it doesn't make sense when it does uh and you have uh like like we mentioned you just have a character that's spilling exposition in what is what was obviously written as a like a kind of a body horror space set you know confined thriller you know this movie was was a small sci-fi movie and then they they tacked on this extra shit like like i said everything on earth feels tacked on the fucking exposition scene feels tacked on you know this thing was never meant to be anywhere outside of the space station and you can totally tell because it just does not support its own weight. And even even in the space station, the whole thing doesn't support its own weight. But it, it just I, I can't believe the you know that, that this brand is something that they want to sully so badly that they'll just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. Uh, because I, I think it had real potential to be something special, you know, because this is the kind of thing where uh, you know Hollywood uh, people complain about Hollywood not making mid-level movies anymore. And this is the kind of mid-level movie you could make. Like, 10 Cloverfield Lane costs, what, 25 million bucks or 15 million yeah, and, bucks? Yeah, and I, you know and, what? And I it, think that if, if the quality were different, I think we might be having a different conversation. But it's one of those things where I think, look, this is good in concept, but the second that you screw this up, I'm going to be pissed because you just made me do that. 
And I, that, and I didn't I didn't care for Tim Cloverfield Lane, um, but I know a lot of people who did. It was very highly reviewed and rated, and people are like, "Wow, this can really be something if you, you know, make it a true anthology series." And I think the problem that it made uh, was that it made it too much, or they tried to make it too much tying into Cloverfield, and with a responsibility to answer questions, or you know, maybe they wanted to keep the appetites wet, but. The pro- you know again the problem is that you know when the quality starts to die down and you're putting references just to make references it's it's not fun anymore and I think that if you're going to create an anthology series under the, the the heading of that you need to either make direct sequels or you need to leave it out completely and this middle game middle ground that they're that they're pulling may have worked in Ten Cloverfield Lane but it does not work in this one yeah I'm 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 just so sick of this half-ass mystery box bullshit. I can't wait till that trend dies. And, you know, you still see it pop up in, in stuff like... Uh, have you been watching Westworld? No. Westworld's another one that... Uh, Westworld had a trailer during the Super Bowl last night. Westworld's a, a, a fine prestige show, but it has uh, that tendency to... Uh, the first season had a mystery box in it that everybody figured out way before the show caught on that you had figured out. And it's just I, that that type of storytelling. When you see right through it, you, you're like you feel like you're just your time is being wasted. And that's what I felt like watching this movie is just it was just a fucking waste of time. I just yeah, couldn't look, wait till it was over. I, I I don't. It's a bad movie. I don't think it's the worst thing I've ever seen. Um, but you know, again, had this been a movie that didn't have J.J. Abrams and the Cloverfield name attached to it, it would have been straight to video probably. And, and, and it virtually was as is, but yeah, if it yeah. didn't have that Netflix muscle behind it, uh, this thing would have been a turd no matter how you slice it. And it probably would have been even worse because if that thing was self-contained and didn't have any context, it would have made literally no sense. Well, I do feel like there might be a longer version of it somewhere. I mean, there may be – because there, there does feel like there's some, some cuts and edits that were in there to service – you know, the earth shit. And, uh, I don't know. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been any good anyway, but I feel like there may have been some stuff cut for the sake of other yeah, things. Maybe, but just a gut yeah, feeling. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, nothing to back I don't, up. I don't know. So, you know, there's a fourth movie coming. That's apparently almost done shooting at the world war two, uh, era movie. Who knows, man? Who knows can't, I can't fucking wait. I can't wait your grade for the cloverfield paradox uh it pains me to say because i wanted to like it but uh, i have to give it a c i'm gonna give it a c minus um i thought about giving it that d but it actually uh it's it's got some actually uh uh pretty great visuals i should say if i'm gonna give, give it some praise i think there's some some really nice visuals here i think the visual effects are really well done they are and you know what else i liked which a lot of people it's a lot of people are going back and forth on it but i love the score uh i think the score was really good oh uh bear mccreary i, I do like bear mccreary a lot he did the battlestar galactica um reboot which has some awesome music anyway uh that's gonna do it for this week yeah, uh, if you want to reach us, you can email us at podcast at cinesnob.net. Find us on Twitter at Cinesnob, Facebook, Cinesnob Critic. Call us at 920-FILM-210. That's 920-3456-210. Um, I'm on Twitter at Jared Kingery. Cody is, uh, what is it, Cinesnob Cody? 
All right. On that note, I'm Jared Kingery. I'm Cody Viafania. Thank you for listening to the Cine Snob Podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.